Thanks for listening to the Vertical Student Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you hear. Hey, leaders, welcome back to the Vertical Leadership Podcast, where we are excited to have you here. Hey, we truly believe if the leader's growing, uh, the entire organization will grow. And today we have a special guest, a good friend of Vertical, not just mine, but, but uh, Vertical Student Ministries, Pastor Tyler Riles. How are you doing, man? Doing good. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Tell, yeah. tell just let's let's get to the, the, the people a little familiar with who you are, where you're from. So where, where, are, you, where are you located at, man? Uh, right now we're in uh, Sterling Heights um, at Freedom Christian Assembly. Sterling Heights, Michigan. Love yeah. it. Love it. Over on the D, near the D-Town. Yeah, in Detroit for sure. Love it, man. Love it, man. How long you been there? Uh, just over two years now. Okay, yeah. okay. And what do you? what is your title there, official title at Sterling uh, Heights? Officially the title is Student Life Pastor. It's kind of fancy for youth pastor, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I work with, with students. So. Students, awesome, man. And, and it's cool that you've been. So, how, so you said you've been there two and a half years? Yeah. And where were you at before that? Uh, before that, we were, uh, my wife and I were in Oklahoma, uh, okay. born and raised there. So we were awesome. serving there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. How long were you in Oklahoma for? My whole life. Whole life. My whole, whole life. life. All awesome. the way up until like 25 or 25. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm awesome, bad at math. Awesome. So how long have you been serving in ministry? Uh, in ministry, we are, uh, we're, we're right up to, uh, we're in our ninth year right now. So Okay, wow. Nine years a couple, in. A couple windows of being, you know, off, but yeah. uh, for the most part on. So Nine years in. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, man, tell us a little bit about what we're, what we're going to be talking about today. I'm just eager to get into this topic. Yeah, today, um, you know, I just... When, when when we were talking about leadership, I, I couldn't help but to think, you know, about how um, one of my, my just core thoughts and concepts is is leaders who uh, are in ministry versus leaders who simply facilitate ministry. And not that okay. not that not that facilitating is bad, but it's not uh, the potential that I think people could, could right. reach. So right, awesome man. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. You said leaders who I love how you say it. you said leaders who facilitate ministry versus leaders who do ministry or leaders who are in ministry. Yeah, that's, so that's um, dicey, man. So yeah, so when I started at uh, a couple couple of different you know locations, I, I won't I guess label it, but uh, <laughs> um, a handful of years ago, um, I started at, at a location and and they had um, what seemed to be great leaders in in the room, mm-hmm. and uh, and and a few weeks in, months in even, um, I noticed that they really weren't, um, though they were great people and they were they were great in they, their nature, they really weren't leading as much as they were just facilitating, and and for. From my perspective, that looks like, um, you know, coming in, showing up, you know, high-fiving a few kids maybe, smiling, you know, being friendly, but primarily kind of just observing and, 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 and sitting in the seat. They were more or less um, kind of holding my leadership up and, and letting mm-hmm. me do the ministry. And, and for me, I realized I don't want to do the ministry alone. You know, I want, I want all my leaders to have um, a role or a place in that ministry. And so um, I just, I looked at it real quick and I thought, man, don't facilitate. Um, my ministry, and so we had great-hearted parents in there. We had um, some some leaders who who were young, who didn't have kids yet, that were serving, and and their service just primarily was telling kids to be quiet during a message, or um, you know, kind of yeah. kind of guiding the sheep, if you will, and uh, but not really teaching or growing or building leaders um, alongside the vision that God had given me. So. That's wow. the facilitation of ministry. That's the facilitation. So, yeah. so on the flip side of that now, what does doing ministry really look like? Yeah, so doing ministry, um, you know, it looks a little different for everybody. So for me to do ministry and, and even yourself, you know, to do ministry, there's going to be obviously, you know, variables to that. But uh, in a nutshell, when I talk about, you know, youth leaders that I get to work with and I get to serve alongside, 
Um, I, I see doing ministry as having a role, and not just a task-oriented role, but mm. a role that is um, innovative, creative, that is doing um, more than just checking boxes. Um, every every yeah. leader has their boxes they have to check, their responsibilities right, right, they have to right. do. But what Turn the lies... video games on, yeah. you know, check the kids in. Exactly, yeah, yeah. check the boxes. But what check lies beyond boxes. that? What's right. What's, you know... When, when you, you don't tell a leader to build a relationship with a kid, are they building relationships with, with wow. young people? You know, yeah. if, if you if you don't tell a leader to pray, are they already praying? You know, some of the most basic thoughts and, and ideas of ministry can be right. innovative to leaders who are young in leadership or, mm-hmm. or maybe stagnant in leadership. Okay. So how do you get a leader then um, in your experience? How do you how do you get a leader, as you say, from from facilitating to participating, as you put it? Yeah. So uh, first, just a practical side, you know, I, I pulled a meeting up and said, hey, guys, here's what I've noticed. Just just called the elephant out and said, hey, you know, here's where we're at. You know, I, I, I've tried at other areas of ministry to, to beat around the bush, so to speak, and not really right. get to the point. And I just thought, you know, let's, tack, let's tackle this dragon. Let's get it down and let's let's figure out if the dragon's on our side or if we need to, to, to take its head off kind of thing. And so um, as a team, they really what came back, the, the general idea, the first time I had that conversation was, well, we didn't know we were free to do more. Wow. Um, and so that was a big thing for me wow. was just realizing that, that it's my role as the, the lead of leaders to, to release people, to set them free, to be their best. And then not to call them out, but to call them up. Mm, um, that's good. And so good really that's, that's what I try to do is I try to, try to lead with leaders, try to serve alongside um, and let them run with me, um, not behind me in and, mm. and, and that sense. Um, and so calling, like I said, calling them up. Yeah, and instead of calling good. them out as big and, and praising them in public and correcting in private, those kind of moments always um, seem to give way to a leader becoming more innovative and more free to be themselves as yeah. they um, create and innovate beyond just the box checking. That's good, man. I, I, I listen to what you said about uh, leaders must release. You know, I think so many times we have leaders and pastors who want to hold because we're so protective of our culture, right? We, yeah. We get, and we need to be protective of culture and, and, and be uh, a protective of, of the ministry. But I think sometimes we, we can suffocate the ministry if we're not careful. Um, and and we don't allow, as you said, to, to let interviewers get in, uh, leaders to be inspired and, and become innovators. I love that you talked about being innovators in ministry. Um, what are some What are some ways maybe that that you can identify with yourself? Like you said, you pulled your you pulled your team together and said, you know, hey, like we need to we need to figure this out because we're not innovating. Is there a, is there a way that leader can recognize that he's not releasing or she's not releasing ministry to their leaders? Yeah, one of the one of the the key concepts or phrases that really set me free um, actually has come more recently in my, my leadership journey is when I realized that I was giving um, my, my team members, my, my leaders, um, too much information in the sense of I would give them the vision, the why and the what mm-hmm. of, of where we're going, you know, guiding the ship, so to speak. But then when it came to their area of that ministry mm-hmm. or their responsibility, I was telling them here's how it should be, here's how it should look, here's how you do. Because um, as a leader, I value knowing every part mm-hmm. of the ministry. Um, and I was valuing, maybe maybe valuing that too much. And so it came mm-hmm. to the point where I realized I had to stop giving people the answer of how and start asking the question of here's the why and the what, how are you gonna do your, your part? How are you gonna do your responsibility? And in, in asking that question, it released the individual to begin to think um, right, and to right. create and, and, to and eventually, innovate. yeah, to innovate, to introduce wow. new ideas. So. Wow. Wow, I love that. I love that instead of giving them the how, you give them the ability to create the how, yeah. to innovate the how. Yeah, right? and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's it's not so hot, but that's part <laughs> yeah, that's, of working with people and growing. So. That's right, that's right. That's true, man. I love it. Tell me a little bit about this um, sideline leadership versus in the trenches leadership. I love that, sideline leadership. 
I'm an yeah. athlete, so you know we're athletes. Yeah. So so sideline leadership, you know, and I, I can't help but to think, just lately, um, <laughs> listening to um, the commentators for the for the games that the Detroit Lions are playing, and you've got clearly two Lord leaders. Help us, and, Lord help us, yeah, Detroit Lions. Um, you know, one pride, but. Uh, <laughs> One of the unique things about that team is they've, they've got a, a solid coaching staff, maybe not through and through the greatest coaching staff, but definitely in some areas for sure some of the greats on the sidelines who are, are drawing up plays, who are keeping the morale up hopefully at, at times and, and, and contemplating and thinking and looking at the big picture. But then you also see the moment where, where Matthew Stafford is released to make the decision on the line. Yeah. And that's where you see the quick plays versus the huddles. Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford's making those calls when it's fast-paced game, and, uh, and and the coaches on the sidelines are directing more of the calls whenever they huddle up and they take a little time. Right, right. And so sideline leadership is is a lot of times you'll see directors, you'll see you know even you know, lead pastors or lead student ministry pastors or, or whatever the title might be, really uh, kind of gauging the, the momentum and the drive of the big picture, the, mm-hmm. the big ship. Um, but then you, you have um, the leaders in the trenches. And so for me, those leaders are like the Matt Staffords. The, the, you know, he's one of the best of, of his position. He's out there killing it. Um, and so what that looks like is you know, each of my leaders have a deck on that ship, and, and yeah. it's their job to be in the trenches, in the mix, um, really focusing on, on, on the, the here and the now. And so they maintain their decks, and that deck might be outreach, or that deck might be discipleship, or, or a life group, or a segment of a deck, you know, in the ship that's being steered of, of the, the overall picture of the movement. Um, and so you've got, you've got a guy like me, or, or some even sometimes um, uh, directors, or, or like I said, lead pastors, on the sidelines, yeah. drawing up plays, casting big vision, looking at the big picture. Mm-hmm. But then within the organization, you have in the trench leaders as well. And we all, you know, work back and forth a little bit uh, in leadership to be in the trenches and on the sideline. But... Primarily, I've got leaders out there that are building discipleship plans, that are creating life groups, that are helping life groups get resourced, that are wow. designing our outreaches to Detroit and to, to, to Sterling Heights and to, to Pontiac and the cities around. And then, um, you know, even our midweek experience director, they're in the trenches. They're, mm-hmm. in, and they're in the thick of it. They're planning and watching their deck, and they're making sure that their part of the ship is healthy, is, is growing, is, is functioning properly. And then we all function together so that the whole ship can move. Because it's not one man steering. It's not one person scrubbing the, the, the deck. It's all of us together that make up the entire movement that is contagiously growing and, and moving forward for God. So that's kind of the sideline in the trenches concept. I, lo- I love that in the trenches concept of, of because I think so many times uh, when, when, we're, when we're leaders that are, that are coaches, right, we're, we're sideline leaders, um, and we don't allow them to – to be in the trench, we're trying to be in the yeah. trenches. We can't always see the big picture, and we can't cast the vision for the next twenty years, right? Yeah. The next, the next ten, the next five, because we're trying to do the the moment to moment to moment. But if we get caught up in that in the trenches, then there's nobody to cast out the vision for the future. For sure. And so I, I love that when you empower those uh, underneath you, maybe as a leader, when you empower those around you, uh, pastors and leaders, wherever you are. Um, it, it, it not only empowers them to do their job, but it frees you up to be able to see and hear uh, what's next for what's coming. And that's the thing about coaches. Yeah. They have to know, okay, timeouts. They have to know, you know, all right, we've, we've got to manage the clock here. We're, we're, we're all working. They all have different jobs. And so um, I, I love that analogy, man, of the sideline versus the, the in the trenches because yeah. they're both ideal. They're both important, and they're both needed. Without without a coach, the, the team's going to suffer without – somebody in the trenches the team's going to suffer yeah so. and, and one thing about being a leader in the trench 
is, you know, you don't always see the next play, yeah. but you have to be able to make decisions in the play that is now. And so, yeah. you know, in our culture, a lot of times we think sideline is, is kind of a negative term. And from a player's, you know, point of view, being on the sideline, you want to be in the game. Yeah. But from a leadership point of view, you know, it's it's one of the, it's it's the way you kind of see the fullness of what's coming. You're able to see, okay, here's a here's a pothole coming up. Here's a hurdle. Here's mm-hmm. here's a struggle. Here's something we're gonna have to overcome. And so you've got decision makers in the trench, and you got decision makers who, in this case, the lead pastor or the lead ministry pastor, who's kind of watching at how to protect the team, how to mm-hmm. how to also grow the team, how to let the team fall so that they can find health on their own in the yeah. trenches even. Wow. So wow. It's, it's really cool to look at the big picture uh, in in the moment leadership that's that's there versus that's in awesome, the trenches man. and the sidelines. So. Awesome. Tell us about this pulling the cart together. Yeah. Tell us about pulling the cart. What, what what cart are we pulling? Yeah. So um, when I think about just the the basic leader, not not a hierarchy of leadership, not you know who's in charge, who's not, you know organizationally, just the leader that we all can be. Um, I think about the cart, this this imaginary cart that we have. Um, and so really, you know, obviously as leaders, we like to, to know we're going somewhere. We have a plan. We have a, a direction and a, a kind of a landing spot where we're going to end up. And our job is to get others to go to be a part of that movement. And in this case, the movement that is the movement of Jesus Christ, you know, that is the way. And so we have this imaginary cart that we're, we're trying to gain influence and gain inspiration to inspire um, others to be a part of what we're doing. And so when I found that when we reach somebody who might be a young leader or, or somebody who doesn't even know Jesus yet that has the potential, because we all have the potential to become leaders, right, right. We, we have to kind of throw them in this imaginary cart and almost pull them with us um, as they're catching the vision, as they're catching um, the health even of what it means to be in a great, safe environment mm-hmm. as we grow. And so this cart, we fill it up and we run towards the, the answer that is the vision. We run towards the direction given, given before us. Um, and so we're pulling this cart, you know, and, and we, our job is to load the cart and, and to, to carry people towards the vision. But the thing I love about the cart is it, it doesn't have to be one cart. Mm-hmm. As, you, as you run the vision, as you run this race, there's, there's these hop, uh, potholes and obstacles and things that you're going to come across, and sometimes you're going to protect your cart by missing it. Sometimes you're going you're gonna to hit the hole, and, and you have to teach your, your people in your cart how to absorb the blows and how to feel the right, weight. And, right. and, and, but eventually you get those leaders who have been in the cart, who you've been inspiring, who you've been loving, who you've been getting their heart, and then you, you pull them out of the cart and say, hey, I see something in you. God has shown me this. Or, or maybe, maybe God hasn't shown you anything, but he just created a gift inside of you to see that in somebody. Yeah. Um, and you get to pull them out and say, hey, I've got another cart. Pull with me. And so before long, it's not one person pulling a cart. It's two people pulling two carts and, and so on and so on. And, and you teach those people how to, how to care for the people in their car, the, the others in their car. You teach them how to, to you know, run the race and look ahead down the, down the road, down the pipeline, down the vision, yeah. and see where these potholes might come, where these hurdles are. And, and ultimately the goal is in, in any ministry organization, in any leadership of ministry, is to get people to know the, the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so um, when I think about the cart, I think beyond the leadership organization, but into the, the Christian leadership organization yeah. that says, I want to get as many people into my cart running towards Jesus as I can. Yeah. And if they can't run on their own, I'm going to pull them until they're healthy pull. enough to run. Wow. And then I'm going to teach them to run with me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of in a gist, the, the cart, the when cart. I talk about it. Yeah. The cart, man. Wow, that's, that's, that's impactful, man. That's some deep stuff. You're a deep thinker. You're a deep thinker. It's just every once in a blue moon something happens. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, not really deep. <laughs> it's good. I love it, man. I, love I it. actually saw a horse pulling a cart, and I thought, hmm, there's a lesson there's there. There's a lesson in Look there. Look at that. Where back were you at where you saw Back in Oklahoma, you know. I was going to say, where did you see a horse pulling the cart? <laughs> no. No, it wasn't in Detroit. No, it was not in Detroit. No, we don't We don't have that large of an Amish community in Detroit. No, different so. kind of horsepower. Different kind of horsepower, yeah. Real American power. 
Yes, made in America. Oh, oh, oh. So, hey. Detroit. Detroit. We love it. That's that's my hometown, so we love it. Hey, tell us, uh, just wrapping this up a little bit, um, looking ahead as you pull the cart, what what do you what do you where are you going with that? Yeah, so I kind of mentioned, you know, seeing the potholes, seeing the hurdles, but really, I guess maybe maybe the question is kind of what does that mean? Yeah, you know? what does that mean? Um, and for student ministry, I'm just thinking of working with junior high, senior high students. Sometimes the hurdle is seeing the the relational um, mm-hmm. breakdown, the you know, mm-hmm. he said, she said, the the boy girl drama, um, things that that come with the territory, and, and right. they're healthy um, as long as handled right, but can become unhealthy. Um, and so I just on the, on the most basic level, I see sometimes I see a, a student running towards a bad direction, and bad it may direction. not be it may not be you know sinful or awful, but it's something that's going to be uh, detrimental to their influence or their um, just their momentum in in their leadership and themselves. And and so looking ahead says, hey, I see that for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've learned that sometimes I can't tell them. Sometimes yeah. I shouldn't tell them. Sometimes I need to let them run it, but be a part of that journey, um, being the being the, the the accountability person that they need. Because um, sometimes we we all need to hit the pothole. Um, yeah, we gotta experience that. We we all need to feel what it what remember what it's like to be broken before Jesus. What it means to be humbled, um, and, and and so really as a leader looking for the pothole, um, I've learned a lot of times I have to discern when is it okay for them to win, and me let them win and let them get that win, and when is it okay for me to to let them try out their their running ability? When is it okay for me to to kind of let the training wheels go and see how they how they function? And, and so sometimes I have to go, this pothole is too big. I, I don't know if I'm ready for them to hit that yet. As yeah. their leader, I want to care for them and, and embrace them and help them through this. Good. And then sometimes I say, hey, there's a little bump, but they're going to fill it, and I'm going to let them let them fill it. I'm going to let them know what the weight of leadership is. Um, I think in a culture that, that um, says, give me, give me, give me, I, 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 so often, um, it's good to remind the people in the church, the young people, the, the leaders in the church, that sometimes it's not about you and sometimes it hurts. Mm. Um, you know, I know for, for me, I've encountered a lot of leaders that it's it's all about their vision, their drive, and it's not about the team's vision that God has given. And even though the vision might run through one man or one woman who's leading, right. it, it, a lot of times it needs to be um, reminded that, that we all can run, we all can, can struggle, we all can hit those hurdles and, and grow and innovate together. And I've learned um, kind of in, in, in the last bit of ramble that when you fall, a lot of times that's when the best innovation comes out of you. Wow. Um, and, and and not don't get me wrong. I'm not saying let them fall to the point of their of their detriment or their right. their failure. Destroy, but yeah. Fall to the point that they can say, "Hey, I got a bruise, and I don't want to get that bruise again." If my daughter falls, you know, and hits her head on the corner of the, of the entertainment center because she's reaching for something she shouldn't, she's probably gonna remember that she shouldn't do that again. Yeah. Now, I don't want her to do that. Yeah. But that's how we learn. Sometimes, you know, we, yeah. we learn from the from the mess we learn, ups. We learn from the failures. I think yeah. I mean, you've heard it said probably, but failure often is the best teacher. Yeah. You know, it can be. It can be where we fail and we learn from that moment. You know, it's the, the stove and the, the hot stove. You know, we can tell somebody a yeah. hundred times, but there's always going to be that one person that wants to touch the stove, you know. Yeah. And and we, we as leaders oftentimes, and, and as, as even shepherds and parents and things like that, want to keep our keep our people and keep our, our children and keep our, our, uh, our, our, the people that follow us from 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 any hurt or harm but i think so many times we we do them a disservice when we do that because we don't let them feel the weight as you said the yeah. weight of failure and understanding that that when they can feel that weight they can be so much they can learn from it and they can process and they can process it so much better so i, I love that man i love that oh dude I, I appreciate you sharing some some thoughts with us man any anything else you want to share with us yeah um just kind of wrap up would be to to love and love well and uh you know, be ready for the hurts, be ready for the falls when you work with people because it'll happen. But if you love well, um, it makes those falls less of a of an impact and a, less of a hurt. So That's just awesome. love well. 
Love, well, love it, man. Appreciate your time, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Vertical Leadership Podcast, where we truly believe if the leader is growing, that the entire organization will grow. Uh, we were so glad that you guys are here listening with us. Stay tuned again for the next time, and we will catch you uh, later. Thanks again for taking time to grow as leaders. We are looking forward as we continue to build our culture in student ministries.